bitch. Is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host, Raven. And despite getting reminders from literally every social media platform that I was in Jamaica this time last year for my birthday, I'm actually in a really good mood today. I'll probably be upset on Thursday, which is my actual birthday, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. (laughs) Anyways, I'm in such a good mood and I don't know why, but I am and I'm just going to roll with it. So, you know who else is probably in a good mood is uh, Teresa. She has a new man, which is wonderful. Um, It's not the pool guy, like I would have hoped, but if she's happy, that's all that matters. So, congrats to you, Tree. Um, There's also some, some news that should put everyone in a good mood. So, Andy says that he's trying to get Peacock to pick up Real Housewives of Miami. So what? Like, this is huge. And he says that the fans, us, uh, have been begging for it. Fact. And so he's doing what he can to get it picked up. Now, I don't know why it needs to be on Peacock, but like, whatever. I'll take whatever they give me because I'm literally so thirsty for Miami. I'm literally rewatching Miami and recapping it over on Patreon right now. (laughs) So... Definitely check that out if you run if you want to rewatch it, uh, which I mean, why wouldn't you? So you could go to patreon.com slash bitch is better. Um, also talking about the Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, and Southern Charm New Orleans over there. Okay, let's talk about Potomac. So Candace is still mad that Monique filed the counter charges against her and like Whatever. I am so sick of hearing about this fight. I'm I'm over it. I've had enough. I'm tapping out. I don't want to hear about it from her or Monique. Like, I'm done with it. Um, so Karen actually meets up with Monique for lunch, which is nice to see one of the ladies with Monique so we can fucking see her. So Karen tells Monique about the trip that Ashley has planned to Portugal and she's understanding, you know, as far as her like not being invited and not being able to go and like she's fine with it. But she was like, um, Karen, Ashley told me that you told Candace you would press charges if you were in her position. And Karen was like, absolutely. Yes, I would be calling the authorities because I cannot fight. So if someone beat me up, yes, charges are being pressed. And Monique was just kind of like, hmm, okay, well, whatever. And it wasn't like a big thing. Like no one was upset there. So that was nice. Um, So Ashley's prepping for the trip and she says that Eve is going to have the baby during the day and that Michael is apparently going to take care of uh, him the rest of the time, which is like, okay. And Michael says any anything that he has to do, like Dean will be in tow. And I'm just like, that's nice. But like, I don't believe you. And Ashley's like, are you going to behave while I'm gone? And it's like, girl, no, of course not. He doesn't even behave when you are there. <laughs> Truly. So like, no. Um, And she talks about how Monique asked her to write a statement in defense of her against Candace So she's going to write a statement about the incident that she had with Candace with the whole butter knife thing. And 
Ashley just she just goes on to talk about like how good of a friend Monique has been to her because she's had her back like she had her back during the whole uh, Michael sexual assault thing, which, by the way, is a little fishy, don't y'all think? Because just the way she was talking about it made it seem like like something did happen, which we know it did, that Michael was like grabbing the cameraman's ass. Um, She made it seem like Monique and Chris knew that there was something and they were like hiding the evidence. <laughs> and the evidence was like the tapes or the, the cameras that they had in their house. Um, They weren't giving it up. So I don't know. Something strange is going on there. So yeah, she's been a good friend to Ashley because she had their back throughout the whole sexual assault thing and whatever. And also, Ashley told Monique about like the whole her and Michael having threesomes thing. And Monique never said a word about it. So she was like, that's my girl. So I'm going to do whatever she needs me to do to help her. And I was like, that's nice. I guess she's they're good friends, which is nice to see. So the ladies head to Portugal. They get there. The rooms are nice. Um, They're having dinner at the hotel. And Wendy is like, do y'all want to know something? Like, I'm going to tell y'all something y'all don't know. And she starts off. She's like, so Karen, I know we had the conversation about degrees. And Ashley's face was literally, I feel like, every viewer. She was just like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like, not this again. So then she goes on to say that, like, you know, her parents came to this country with nothing and her dad was working at a fast food restaurant and they gave him a promotion and he got promoted to manager and he was so excited that to say thank you to the country, he decided to name his daughter after the restaurant, which was Wendy's. And so like, that is just hilarious and cute and everything like that. And it's like that, that was a great story, but like, um, what did your degrees have to do with this story? Like, I feel like it didn't have anything to do with it. And, um, but yeah, tell us again about how you don't bring your degrees up all the time. (laughs) Girl, please. So then Giselle is asking Ashley, she's like, how are you and Michael doing? You know, because they were having their issues. And Ashley was like, good, I'm 100% of my marriage now. And Giselle was like, hmm, interesting. That's really fast turnaround because you were just at like 40% a month ago. And Karen was like, Giselle needs to back the fuck off. Ashley's going through some real shit and she needs to mind her business. And she says that Giselle is trying to find the girl in the group that's going through the most. And I was like, ooh, that is true. She does do that. Agreed. Um, So then Wendy asks Ashley if she's worried about Michael behaving this time um, because the last time, you know, he did not behave and Ashley said no. And I don't believe her. I don't I don't think that she even gives a shit about like what he does as far as their marriage is concerned. But I do think that she's worried because she left the baby with him this time. So she is worried. So then Karen turns the conversation over to Giselle and brings up Jamal and she's like, um, you know, it's just weird that we haven't ever seen Jamal with you like around at events and things in Potomac. It's like he's not supportive of you. And Giselle was like, what the fuck? No. And Karen brings up a good point. And she says that, you know, Giselle has all of these requirements 
for them and how their men should be treating them, but she doesn't demand the same things from the man that she's with. And I'm like, that's true. But I also kind of think like she probably does demand those things, but he pays her no fucking mind because he's trash. Like he doesn't give a shit. (laughs) So, so Karen was like, listen, all I'm saying is that it's weird that he's not around and we never see him. And Javel, Javel, who's that? Giselle was getting all defensive and angry. And then Robin agrees with Karen. And she was like, I mean, yeah, if you're happy in your relationship, like, why wouldn't you share that with us? Like, we share our stuff with you. And Giselle's face, like, just drops when Robin said that. Like, she does not appreciate it at all. And... I, I get why Giselle doesn't want to bring him around, though. Like, the entire world knows that Jamal is just, like, a pile of steaming hot garbage. Like, he's 100% trash, and there's no getting around that or denying it. And this group would rip him to shreds. So I think that <laughs> she's just trying to protect him. Um, so that that's just what I think. So... After the dinner, um, Robin goes over to Giselle's room and Giselle is like, what the fuck was that at dinner? Like, how could you be sitting there agreeing with Karen about this Jamal thing? And Robin was basically like, just, (laughs) she was like, listen, I said what I said, you know? And Giselle was like, I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm just, I'm not trying to hear that from Karen and I won't receive it from her. Um, but like the next time something like that happens, just have my back and we can talk about it later. And I was like, yeah, I guess from your friend, you'd want that. I, okay, that's fine. Um, but I, I mean, I agree with Robin. She should be bringing him around more, but like, also I'm not really interested in seeing him on the show. <laughs> so, cause I feel like the tiny bit that we see of him now is too much to be completely honest with you, but that's just me. Um, So then we see Ashley in her room and she's calling Michael and he's not answering. So then she calls Eve and Eve tells her that Michael isn't home yet and she doesn't know where he is. So Ashley calls Michael again and he finally answers and he's like, yeah, I just got out of the meeting. I'm on my way home now. And Ashley's like, "Okay, you said that you would be home at seven to take care of the baby while I'm gone and you're not there. And he's like, I mean, it's just it's like 7-Eleven or something. And she's like, okay, but like, you know that I'm worried about this. And now this is what you're doing. You didn't even call Eve and tell her that you're going to be late. And he's just like completely blowing her off during this conversation. And he's like, you know what? I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't like be molested. And it's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? What a strange choice of words for you, Michael Darby, to use to describe what's happening to you right now. She's not molesting you. What the fuck are you talking about? She might be badgering you. I mean, she might be nagging you. If that's what you want to say. And I'm sure you know those words. So molesting? What? I just, I feel like Michael has a death wish. Like, I feel like he wants Ashley to end up on an episode of Snapped because the way that he is handling this situation is fucked up. But I feel like Ashley handled it very well. Like, she didn't yell at him. She didn't do anything wrong. I don't feel like she was too worked up or asking too much of him when she was having this conversation. So like, I'm not sure why he is reacting the way he is. 
Like if you say you're going to do something, then do it. And if you don't intend on doing it, then don't say you will. Like also it's wildly inconsiderate for you to be late getting home to your child that another person is taking care of and you don't give them a heads up. Like it's fucking weird. What the fuck is wrong with you, Michael? Ugh. So, oh God, Candace is putting her post-its up on her mirror in the hotel. But I'm just like, Candace, enough. Like, you, you're doing too much and you've been doing it for too long and you're like trying to milk this situation and I'm over it. Just cut it out. So Karen goes to see Ashley and Ashley tells her about what happened with Michael the night before and she explains that he he did call back and he apologized and I was happy to see that. And Ashley said that she overreacted, but I don't think she did. Like, he knows how tough it is for her to be away from the baby and he should have been more considerate of that. Don't be hanging up on her. Have you lost your fucking mind? Yes. Um... So Karen asked her if maybe she reacted the way she did because he was acting up the last time she was out of town and maybe that had something to do with it. And Ashley said no. And I believe her. Like I said before, I think all she cares about is the baby and she misses the baby and she's worried about Michael taking care of him alone like while she's gone. So then the ladies go on an outing. They're going on a little cable car ride, which was cool. Um... So in one of the cable cars, we have Candace, Robin, and Karen, and they're talking about Ashley, Ashley and Michael, and Robin says that when people have newborns, the husband acts out. And like, listen, I don't have a kid or enough friends with kids for me to say whether that is like true or not, <laughs> but we'll go with what Robin says here. And then Wendy says that she's done with Karen. She's like, I'm done with Karen because whenever she questions my degrees, like she's only doing it to be shady. And like, that is a fact. (laughs) That is true. So after the cable car rides, uh, they have lunch and oh Lord, Wendy brings up her degrees yet again to Karen. And she's like, listen, my, if you read my 170 page dissertation and these trials and tribulations and blah, blah, blah. And Karen is like, okay, listen, if you felt offended, I apologize. Let's move on. And (laughs) I was laughing because it's like, that is not an apology. And I think that Karen knows that. (laughs) You can't say I'm sorry if you felt like, no, that's not it. So when Wendy brings up her degrees, Robin is like, oh my God, like, why does this keep happening? And when is it going to stop? And I was like, Girl, same. Button that up. (laughs) Zip your lips. Let it end here. I don't want to hear about it again. So um, the Giselle and Jamal conversation comes back up. And Karen is just like, listen, I don't understand how you can be all up in everyone's business about their relationship, but your shit gets to be exclusive. Like, how is that a thing that's going to happen here? And Giselle's like, well, you were guarded for a long time, Karen. And Karen was like, damn right I was. Would you tell Satan all of your business? You are Satan. And (laughs) Wendy literally choked on her food (laughs) as Karen was calling Giselle Satan. And I did too. I mean, (laughs) I just was hilarious. But like, 
I don't know about Satan, but maybe like Satan's niece or like stepdaughter. Yeah, stepdaughter. So like she didn't come directly from him. They're not blood relatives, but she spent a lot of time around him. So he's definitely rubbed off on her a little bit. Um, I'm just kidding. She's not she's not that bad. Um, Candace is, though. <laughs> so anyway, Giselle calls Jamal on FaceTime and has him like say hi to everyone just to shut everyone up. <laughs> And Karen was like, um, okay, but he lives in the phone. Like, <laughs> that's not, that doesn't count. And Karen goes off again about Giselle wanting all the tea on everyone else, but never sharing anything about herself and says, that's not what friends do. So I guess they're just going to be superficial friends. And it's like, yes, correct. Karen coming through with the truth again. So um, next week, it looks like, Ashley and Candace are going to get into it, which I'll be interested to see. Um, so yeah, let's move on and talk about Below Deck. So at the beginning of every episode, I think I'm just going to remind y'all that I said that this season is cursed <laughs> because it is. So Eddie is all stressed because Avery left because his grandma was dying and the deckhands that he's left with just are not like experienced at all so this fucking primary that they have um charlie he is just an asshole i i just there's nothing else to call him um so he makes his way into the galley for some reason which like get the fuck out of there and captain lee's in there and captain lee was like hey how's it going and he was like oh Normally, we have rocky seas, but this time, it's just rocky service. A fuck off. Listen, if you have an issue, then say that. Don't make snide little remarks like that, you little prick. Captain Lee could tell he wanted to just say fuck you so badly. He's like, okay, well, we'll iron that out for you, asshole. Um, Then he says to the chef, Rachel, he's like, can't wait for tonight. Not sure if you can pull it off, but go for it. Like, Okay, so you're going to get laxatives in your food. One laxative for each country for your international meal. Enjoy that asshole. Oh, can't stand him. So um, all of the guests' bags weren't unpacked. So that's another issue. And I don't know if Izzy just misunderstood and she didn't realize that she was supposed to unpack everyone's bags and not just the primaries. Or what? I'm unclear on what happened there, but it's just another reason for the primary to get on them. So he goes and talks to Francesca about it. And she's like, oh, sorry, we'll get it taken care of. Um, This crew, this like this crew is not doing a good job. And then the guests are also assholes. And it's just a really bad combination. And like, I know I say it every time that this comes up, but I just wouldn't want anyone unpacking my bags. Like, get your paws off of my belongings. I'll do it myself. Like, having someone unpack your bags is just so weird to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, a rich people thing, and that's why I can't... I don't get it. (laughs) I don't know. But, um... So, Izzy is just, like, completely over the interior, and she goes to Captain Lee, and she's like, hey, can I take Avery's place on deck? And you just find a new stew instead. And he's like, I'll think about it. And I'm just like, hey, 
do you want to maybe mention this to Francesca at all? Because later she goes and tells Eddie and he's like cool with it and makes her do like a little deckhand task or whatever and says he'll put in a good word with Captain Lee. Um, but like, tell Francesca. <laughs> what the fuck? You're just going to drop that on her? I mean, I'm sure she won't miss you, but still, you could let her know. So at the dinner, um, everything is going pretty okay as far as the food goes, but it's kind of taking forever for them to get it because Francesca's here. Um, Izzy, I don't know where the fuck Izzy is at. The other girl, I think her name is Elizabeth. She's like making drinks. So it's the service is just not on. And it's like, oh my God, I was just watching like, oh Jesus, can you guys please get it together? Because then here comes fucking Charlie and he's like, oh my God, I can tell y'all are tired. So I'm just going to help. No, y'all know how I feel about this. Get the fuck out of the galley. You are not helping and you actually don't care if we're tired or spread too thin. You're being an asshole. Go away. This is an employees only area. Get out. We will handle it. You do not need to be in here. And then you have Izzy, who just clearly does not want to be doing her job. She'd rather be on deck, so she's completely useless. And I think I'm going to say she's not even trying because there's no way she just moves that slowly, like, on a regular basis. Like, she's just casually strolling around without a care in the world. Like, bitch, walk with a purpose. Don't you see poor Fran is, like, running all over the place? Damn. So uh, Captain Lee talks to Fran after the dinner to see how the first day went and she completely breaks down. And I was just like, Kate would never. I know it's not fair to like compare her to Kate, but what else am I supposed to do? (laughs) Okay, I feel bad for Fran. I'm just calling her Fran now. (laughs) I hope that's okay with her. So like, I feel bad for her, though, because she seems nice and she's just really struggling. And Captain Lee <laughs> looks like he is regretting his decision to continue this below deck journey without Kate. Like his face says it all. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? My ribs hurt. Kate's not here. This is bullshit. And the guests are difficult as hell. So the next morning, they're ordering a bunch of fucking different things for breakfast like, like it's Denny's in there. And Rachel is struggling with it big time. She says that she doesn't have the right pans to make the omelets and she's fucking them up. And the guests are just sending their food back left and right. And she's fully breaking down. She's crying and everything. Um, and I felt bad for her too. And this is all on the first charter. Bless their hearts. Um, now I told y'all that Shane is going to get himself fired and I stand by that statement because this motherfucker, (laughs) he is just relaxing. He is jumping into the water. Nobody's told him to do that. You know, sometimes the captain allows, uh, the crew to like jump in the water and like go for a swim or like play with the toys and stuff like that. But that's not the case here. No one told him to do this. So then he's getting called on the radio. He's not answering. And y'all know how much Captain Lee hates that. And I was like, you are gonna get fired, Shane. (laughs) I think I give him one more charter, maybe two. And he's out of here. Oh my God, y'all. The girls are fighting. These charter guests are fighting. Okay, so both Lexi, who is the birthday girl, and Shay, they love James. And... 
because it's it's Lexi's birthday, so she's going to get what she wants, okay? So she wants to jet ski with James. She wants to do body shots with James. Actually, she doesn't even know about the body shots. Her friends are surprising her with that because they know she likes him and whatever. Whatever. The point is, it's her birthday, so she's going to get what she wants. Okay. So Shay is upset about this. And she is like, she is so jealous. And I'm just like, girl, that man is at work. Like, he's he's not some guy that y'all just met on vacation or something. Like, he's not going to hook up with either one of you. You can't be really be upset about this. Like, please be serious. So Shay's friend uh, says to Lexi at dinner, she's like, hey, um, you know, Shay is feeling James. So like, how did you end up on a jet ski with him? Because it's just weird. Because if one of my girlfriends likes someone, I wouldn't do that to them because I'm a girl's girl and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, like, no, she is not. This is not even that deep at all. Uh, so Carlos is like, um, you need to come talk to me now because we're not doing this. He said that to uh, Jamie, who is the friend that was confronting Lexi. And Shay was like, no, we're not doing that. And then all hell breaks loose. And Shay is like telling Carlos that he fucked up their friendship. And it's just all so silly. And I feel really bad for Lexi because it's her birthday. <laughs> And all of this is for her. We're supposed to be celebrating her. And all of this shit is going down. It's so stupid. So meanwhile, the crew is getting the best entertainment (laughs) of the night. It's amazing. And so then James comes out uh, in his little Speedo. And he does his little dance for Lexi. And Shay has a stink face on the entire time. She is not having it. And then it's time for them to have their little after party. And Shay is like, no, I'm fucking out of here. I'm not sticking around for this. And it's like, okay, girl, whatever. Go to bed then. Bye. And they do uh, the body shots off of James. And then everyone starts fighting again. And it is wild. And that's where the episode ends. So now I'm like, okay, now I can enjoy these guests. Fight with each other. Don't fight with the crew. I don't like that. So I'm excited to see how this all uh, ends up next week. All right, let's head into Love After Lockup Land, my favorite place. (laughs) Okay, so Destiny and Sean. So Sean has Destiny out at this river walk where she does not want to be because she's in a bad mood because she just found out that she's probably going to have to go to prison for seven years and he doesn't care. So he gets down on one knee and literally as he's kneeling down, Destiny says, what the fuck? And he he was like, will you marry me? And she's like, are you serious? And then she's like, I just don't even know what to say. Um, Yes. And I was just like, this is absurd. Like, she doesn't want to marry you. This is so embarrassing for you. Like, what? I don't, how can you be happy with this response? Like, she's so uncomfortable and doesn't want to do this. Oh, Sean is so stupid, y'all. So now that they're engaged, Sean has to tell Kelly because they have the six kids together and he wants Destiny to be a part of the kids' lives. (laughs) So Sean tells Destiny that she should meet with Kelly so she'll be able to meet the kids. And Destiny is not feeling it. She's like, I just don't want to jump in and like be a stepmom just yet. And it's like, girl, 
just go ahead and get it out of the way. Like, there's never going to be a good time for this. You're never going to want to do it because you don't like Kelly for for no reason at all. <laughs> for the, just for the fact that she was, like, with Sean for forever and has all these kids with them. Like, you've no reason to dislike her, but whatever. Um, The bottom line is she doesn't give a shit about Sean or his kids. So it's not a priority to her. Um, but she reluctantly agrees and she's like, listen, if I end up beating her ass, like it's just going to be on you. So on the way, on the way to meet Kelly, Destiny is straight up ignoring Sean. Like he's saying all this, these sweet things to her and she's just completely ignoring him. And then she's like, listen, if the cops show up, they better bring two body bags. And I just like, Jesus Christ, Destiny. Oh my God. Body bags? Really? Why are you so angry? Why are you trying to murder people? I don't get it. Oh, Lord. Um, another mess of a couple is Quaylon and Chevelle. So, Chevelle, so we see her at home. This is, like, not important at all, but I have to say it. <laughs> she's at home, and she's making a sandwich for Myela. And Myela goes into the refrigerator to get something, and there's just a single egg in one of the shelves with like all the water stacked up for it. Like that was clearly for the water to be stacked up in that shelf. And I'm just like, how did that egg get there? Why is it there? And why haven't you put it back with the rest of the eggs? Like, I feel like it's going to get smashed in there if you're letting this little girl just go in the refrigerator. And then that's going to be a really nasty mess to clean up. But <laughs> that's just me. Okay, on to more important things. So, uh, Quaylon has been gone for a week, and Chevelle says that he's been distant and not, like, talking to her very much, not answering her calls and texts and all this. And she talks about how Myela yearns for a father, and she doesn't know what she's going to tell her. And it's like, well, you know what? You should have thought about all of this before you had your daughter meeting some strange man that you met in fucking prison. Was well, this fucking weird? Why did you ever tell her about him at all? Like you didn't have to, and you wouldn't be in this fucking situation. Don't try and put that on him. This is your fault. So, over in Houston, Quaylon goes out with his sisters, and his baby sister has her friend come out because she she just wants to set him up with her, and I mean they're really just doing anything they can to get Chevelle out of the picture. And I understand, but, like, I don't know that setting him up with one anyone, especially one of your friends, is the way to go. Like, I, I just don't think he needs to date anyone. He needs to get a job, and he needs to, like, get settled, and then maybe later on he can think about dating someone. But that shouldn't be the priority here. Um, so the, the sister takes a picture of all of them together, and she posts it. And she is stirring the pot like big time and I actually enjoy it. <laughs> so Chevelle is blowing Quaylon up this entire time and she is like, where are you at? What you doing? Who you with? And Quaylon's like, I just feel smothered. Like, I feel like I'm in prison again. Like, this is terrible. And I was like, that's not a good sign, Chevelle. Like, he's about to dump your ass. So Chevelle, of course, sees the picture 
um, that the baby sister posted of all of them and the girl. And she's like, you're on a date and blah, blah, blah. And she's just tripping. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how he's going to talk his way out of this one. I really don't. But good luck to him on that journey. Oh, God. Good luck to Dylan on his journey, too. Because with Heather and Dylan, Heather is driving like an absolute maniac. Dylan was able to somehow put the car in park and take the keys away from her so he could get out. And she literally is making the biggest scene. I mean... It's insane. Screaming in the middle of the street. Like, she's going to get him arrested with all of her shenanigans. She really is. So, um, she, after he gets out of the car, she screams more and then she speeds off. And Dylan is freaked out. Like, he has to get the crew to help him get an Uber so he can get away from this crazy ass bitch. So, he goes to meet up with his mom and aunt. And I'm just thinking, like, why didn't you reach out to them initially? Like, you couldn't stay with one of them? I don't know. Um, also, the mom looks like what what I'd imagine Leanne Locken would look like if she hadn't got any work done. Like, they look alike to me. You guys look at that and tell me if I'm crazy. <laughs> Maybe I am. Um, so Dylan talks about how he barely got to see his mom while he was locked up because... Heather would lose her mind and say that his mom was trying trying to monopolize the visits. Like, bitch, what? If I want to see my mom, I'm going to see my mom and fuck you. What the fuck are you talking about monopolizing his time? I can't. Um, The mom and aunt are super supportive of him. And they're like, listen, you tell us what you want to do and we will make it happen. And Dylan is just all upset that things aren't working out with Heather because she's so loyal and like held him down while he was locked up and he just doesn't want to throw all that away. But his mom and aunt are like, whatever, just know that you can come with us if you want to. And I was like, oh my God, great. All of his problems are solved. (laughs) Like just dump Heather, go with your mom and aunt, live happily ever after. And like, don't get murdered by this crazy ass. Ugh. Okay, so then we have Lindsay and Scott, and Lindsay's friend Tara Bell is coming to visit, and Tara Bell says that with Lindsay, it's always about the money, and if you can't give her what she wants, she's going to find someone else to give it to her, and Tara Bell's not feeling Scott. She's not into it. And then she says something that leads me to believe that maybe she and Lindsay have had like a relationship or something. I don't know. She's like, did you tell him about us or something like that? And Lindsay was like, no. And of course, that's where they left it. So who knows what it is? That's my guess, though. Um, So Jessica of Jessica and Maurice, um, she's going dress shopping And she talks about how she wishes that her sister could be there. But, you know, the sister cut her off after she got with Maurice. So, so she's not there and she's not her maid of honor. So her, she's got her friend who is her maid of honor there with her instead. And her mom is there as well. So she's trying on dresses. And then the woman that works at the wedding dress shop offers them some champagne and Jessica declines. And then she has to tell her mom that she's pregnant. And her mom is super excited. And it's really sweet. 
And Jessica is just hoping that her mom will tell her sister that she's pregnant and then maybe that will make her come around more. But I don't think it will. Like, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to get them back together. But I hope that it does just for her sake. Um, oh, God. So John and Christiana, um, they still have not had sex yet. And obviously, this is top priority for John. So he books them a hotel for the night because the next day she's going to be turning herself in. And Christiana is super excited. She says she cannot wait to suck his dick. And obviously that excites John as well. Um, they have sex. Uh, congratulations to them on consummating their marriage. Um, and after that, Christiana's like, you know, I just really want more time with John and my family. So I'm going to turn myself in tomorrow instead of today. And I'm like, oh, you know, when you start doing that, like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. It starts to worry me. So I hope that she will actually turn herself in and it doesn't become a thing where the cops come looking for her or, you know, whatever. So we'll see. All right. 90 Day Fiance. Whew. I'm going to start with Brittany and Yazin because what a fucking mess. Okay. So Brittany's on the way to the airport. And she just got into this big fight with Yazin and she's like, I don't want to see him and I'm not going, I'm not going to Jordan. So then we get Yazin's side of the story and he tells a different story than Brittany did as far as their fight is concerned. He says that he was like texting Brittany and that's when he crashed the car. And then when he told Brittany that he crashed the car... He was upset that she wasn't like, oh my God, like, thank God that you're all right and like, whatever. And listen, you know, I don't really like either one of them, to be completely honest with you, but I feel like maybe if you didn't lead with, I crashed my car and you took pictures of it and we're sending it to her and saying, and it's your fault, that maybe she would have reacted that. Like, maybe she would have been like, oh, are you okay? But it's like, you're taking pictures of this and you're texting me and you're calling me, obviously you're okay. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So it's like, whatever, Yazin, that was a reach. Um, so then we go back to Brittany and she's like, you know what? Actually, I am going to go and I'm just not going to see him. And I'm just going to turn this into a girl's trip and turn up with my friend because her friend was going over there to meet him. So I was just like, Oh my God, Brittany, now you're going to make it worse for Yazin because those people are going to see her out there like acting a fool and they're going to know that she is associated with him and somehow it's going to like end up back on him. Oh, a mess. So, um, Brittany lands in Jordan and even though she says she doesn't want to see Yazin, she sure is looking for his ass. She's looking all over the airport to see if she sees him. But she doesn't. So Yasin goes to the airport, even though he doesn't know if Brittany will be there because she's been ignoring him. So he actually, so he's looking around the airport too. They're both like looking around for each other. When he finally sees her, she's getting into a taxi and leaving. Like he sees her through the window and he is pissed, pissed. So... 
Brittany's friend finally gets there and Brittany is catching her up on the whole Yasin situation. And her friend is like, well, you know, maybe Yasin has something going on that you don't know about. And Brittany is like, yeah, maybe, but that's not my problem. And her friend is like, but it is though. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> like, finally someone with some sense because like, yes, he's your boyfriend. Like if he's going or your fiance, actually. If he's going through something, that is your problem. And you should care if you actually love this person. But you don't. And that's why you don't care. So um, she finally, she listens to her friend and she calls Yasin. But they just fight again. And, and Brittany's like, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to see him. And her friend is like, well, listen, I flew my ass all the way over here, so y'all are not going to break up until I meet this man. Do you hear me? <laughs> so I felt that. She's like, I literally was on a 19-hour flight to come over here and meet this guy that you're supposed to marry, so that's what I'm going to fucking do. <laughs> Period. So the next day, they're going to have a day out in Jordan, and her friend Angela is dressed appropriately. She's got on like a turtleneck and jeans and a jacket. She's completely covered up. And of course, Brittany is not. So Angela's like, um, are you going to cover up? And Brittany's like, yeah, I'm going to put my jacket on. But like, she doesn't. She's wearing this low cut shirt and she puts her jacket on, but she has it wide open. So you're not covering up. Like, why are you doing this? It's like she wants the attention. She's one of those people. So annoying. So they go to this market and they're getting stared at. And this man, he yells, he's like, he yells the word sin at Brittany. And then she yells back at him, uh, you're a sin. And I was just like, Brittany, you better fucking watch yourself. You don't know where you are. You cannot just be talking to people like this. Like, you don't know what could happen to you. What is wrong with you? So then after that, um, she... She says that she understands why Yasin wanted her to cover up and that she's uncomfortable. And it's like, no fucking shit, but you just won't listen. Oh, stupid. So Angela's such a good friend. And she really is talking sense into Brittany this entire time. Um, so they're, they end up at this bar and they're drinking a little bit. And she convinces Brittany to call Yasin. And she does. And now he's going to come pick them up. But Brittany is drunk, so it's like, oh, God, like, <laughs> this is not going to be good once he gets there. And, of course, that's where we leave off with her getting into the car with Yasin, her drunk ass. So we'll see. Um, so another mess of a couple is Ari and Binyam. So Ari's still on her shit about wanting Binyam to work because they have bills and a baby. But then she also wants him to be at home. And you can't have it both ways. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You should have stayed in America where you had help and support and company. I, I like, I don't know what to tell you. So Binyam's uh, sister and friend come over to the house and Ari, <laughs> she didn't invite them. She's like, they just showed up and she's like, what the fuck? People are always dropping by and I'm not into this. And I'm like, I feel you on that. I don't like that either. Don't just show up to my house without letting me know that you're coming because I'm not going to answer the door. I don't like surprise visits. Sorry. Um, 
But then it's like you said that you want, you don't want to be by yourself. So he's sending people to keep you company. So like, what do you want? You seem impossible to please. I don't know what to do here. Um, so Ari wants him to get a new job. She doesn't like him working at the nightclub. And I, <laughs> I don't, she's just ridiculous. Like you can't have everything your way, babe. You just can't. So the sister and the friend um, are now fucking with her. And they're like, you know, he's like surrounded by beautiful women at the club, right? And they were like, <laughs> and a lot of foreigners and stuff too. And you know, foreigners are his type. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so mean. This is so mean. So clearly they hate her. So later on, um, Ari is telling Binyan that she doesn't trust him. And she's like going through his phone and doing that whole thing. And listen, if you have to do that, you need to be done. Like you don't need to be in that relationship. Like that is ridiculous. I have never gone through a phone, but I'm telling you, if I ever get the urge to do that, the relationship has got to be over because I would drive myself absolutely crazy with that shit for real. Like, that's no way to live. And there's no end to it. What, are you just going to be constantly looking through his phone? No. So she ends up snatching his phone away from him. And she's like, oh, are you nervous? And he's like, yes. What is wrong with you, crazy? Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm calling people and saying, who is this? And they're hanging up. And it's like, of course they are. You're like speaking English. <laughs> And they don't. They probably think they have called the wrong number. Like, what are you talking about? Ugh. So anyway, her parents are coming to visit. And she is going to be staying at the hotel while they're there. So she can, you know, spend all the time she can with them. And so they can spend all the time with the baby and help her with the baby. So they're on the way to the airport. And Binyam is like, oh, by the way, like, I have to work tonight. And Ari is pissed because apparently he said he wouldn't work. And then I guess he forgot and didn't take off work the way he was supposed to. I don't know. But he's like, what is the big deal? Um, by the time I go to work, your parents will be sleeping. They're tired. They've been traveling all day. But Ari is not hearing it. Um, so she is going to wait at the hotel with the baby while Binyam goes to the airport to pick them up, which I didn't understand. Seems like it would be the other way around, but weird, whatever. Um, but Binyam, you know, he picks up the parents and he's nervous, but it's cute. They have a nice little greeting and then the parents meet the baby and Ari's happy for a few minutes and then she's mad <laughs> when Binyam leaves to go to work. So that was very short-lived. So we'll see how the rest of that visit goes. Um, Devin and Jihoon, we didn't see much of them this week, um, but it was sad. Devin told us that she had gotten pregnant and then she had a miscarriage. It's, it's awful. Um, so Jihoon's mom knows that Devin is feeling down, so she wants to spend some time with her. So... She uh, takes her to a museum that looked really fucking cool. It was like super interactive. Um, and they're having a good time, even though they can barely speak to each other. <laughs> they're like passing that translator back and forth. And it's like, okay, well, that's nice that they're getting along because they don't always. Um, 
Then we have Jenny and Samit and Samit is telling Jenny about the conversation that he had with his dad. And then he's telling her also like, don't worry, we'll still get married. Like, no, you're not going to get married. And Jenny still believes it. She's like, yeah, we're going to make it happen. And no one's going to stop us. And it's like, yes, they are. Samit's parents are literally going to be the ones who are going to stop you. They absolutely said that they will legally stop you from doing this. But like, go off, I guess. I don't, I don't know. So then uh, COVID hits India. And so Samit is all worried because he, he says because he is diabetic and Jenny is old. So he's worried. He don't know what they're going to do. And yeah, that, that was it from them. So then also Tim and my Lisa... Uh, Tim's mom and aunt are coming to visit. So they go pick them up from the airport and they have a really nice greeting. Like my Lisa seemed really excited to see both of them. They seem excited to see her. I don't know. Um, Tim is still annoyed that my Lisa isn't staying at their house while the mom and aunt are there. And the mom and aunt are acting like they don't know why my Lisa would wouldn't be staying there and Tim explains it to them you know he's like after the whole fight and everything like that she just feels like everyone would be more comfortable if she doesn't stay here because you called the cops on her mom remember and Tim is making all of these really good points in his confessional about the whole situation with the mom calling the cops on her and really taking Miley's aside and being like, of course she was upset. I cheated on her and we were fighting about that and you didn't take that into consideration. And I'm like, you need to say all of this to your mom. <laughs> like say it to her. So the next day, Tim and his mom and my Lisa go to uh, this market and it's really cool. And they have a conversation about everything. And Tim, uh, confronts his mom about her comment about um saying that they shouldn't be together and that Melissa isn't good for Tim and the mom denies it she's she's like I didn't really say that and no one really apologizes to each other but like the air is cleared and she says that she wants them together if it's right and everyone seems pleased with that and it's nice so it's like okay good good so that's it with them. And actually, that's it for the shows this week. Let's get into Bad Bitch, Horrible Bitch. Since I'm in such a good mood today, I'm actually not going to do Horrible Bitch. I only have Bad Bitch. And my Bad Bitch is Kamala Harris. Obviously, the first female vice president, first black vice president, first South Asian vice president. We love to fucking see it. Congratulations to her and Joe Biden for winning this election, making history, and calming my nerves just a little bit. (laughs) This is huge, and it's really exciting. So congratulations to them. And yes, that's it for this week, you guys. Um, Remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mainly Bravo. Also follow the podcast page on Instagram at Bitches Better Podcast and go over and subscribe to Patreon, you guys. There's I'm really cranking out the content over there. You 
there's a lot going on and you don't want to miss it. So that is uh, patreon.com slash bitch is better. All right. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.